Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Julie Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Thank you, musicians. I'm just going to keep somebody. Oh, Lisa. Awesome. Thanks. I love the way you guys worship. I love the way you worship while you're playing worship. Isn't that, you know, it's, it's a real treat for people to actually worship God with their instruments. And like, I was watching Jeremy just closing his eyes, just like, just lost in God. And I was watching Rachel dance on the keyboard. It's just how it should be. We're talking about the goodness of God and I'm astounded, you know, sometimes I'm so astounded at how much pain there is in the world, how much suffering there is in the world, how much stuff there is that goes on in the world and yet people still don't know that God is good. And, you know, don't you get frustrated when you try and talk to someone about God and you try and tell them how good God is? Oh, I don't need that religion. Don't shove that down my throat. Put your Bible away, you know. I'm not good enough to go to church. You know, all the excuses. If I walk to a church, the roof's going to fall in, you know. All that stuff. But what do they think God is? Who do they think he is then? If they think the roof's going to cave in if they walk in. I think the roof would open up and angels would begin rejoicing in heaven. And the whole of heaven would start going, woo! That's what it says. One sinner repents, the whole of heaven chucks a party. You know, they think he's got like hail and brimstones up there waiting. Just walk in that church. Just try it. Just walk in that church and see what you're going to get. So wrong. So we, we're talking about the goodness of God. And in Exodus 33, 18, let's have a look at it. We've been talking about this scripture a little bit the last couple of weeks. And in Exodus 33:18, Moses requested to see the fullness of God's glory with his own eyes. And and this is what the Lord answered him. When Moses said, show me your glory. I want to see your glory with my own eyes. The Lord answered this. I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. Moses was asking to see the glory of God. And God was more or less saying, if you want to see my glory, you need to understand my goodness. You need to understand my goodness. To put it another way, the Lord told Moses that if you really wanted to experience his glory in its fullest capacity, you had to first understand God's goodness. How many of us, you know, I want to see revival. I want to see healings and miracles. I want my hands to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. But we don't even understand the goodness of God. The goodness of God. The word translated good, goodness is the Hebrew noun. I can't say this because it's a noun, but it's a twub. Anyway, twub. Which means, listen to this, the superlative goodness. That which is the most beautiful, the best part. When he said, I'll let all my goodness pass by you, he said, I'm going to let my superlative goodness 
the best part of me. The best part of me, you're going to see right now. The best part of God is his goodness. Amen. Exodus 33, 19 tells us the most beautiful part of God's nature, as far as man is concerned, is his goodness. And it says in Exodus 34, 5 to 6, And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness, and truth. The Lord, he hasn't just got a little bit of goodness. He just doesn't have goodness when he's in a good mood. And then when he's in a bad mood, he doesn't, he has badness. He's good all the time. And in that goodness, there's an abundance of goodness that he wants to give to you and me. Because we're his kids. And Pastor Phil said that scripture this morning. If you who are evil or if you who aren't quite good all the time, know how to good, give good gifts to your children, how much more will God give to you? How much more will God give you good gifts? He wants to not just give you something good every now and again either, or when you've just been good. It's not just when you've been good that God wants to do good. God's good all the time. It's us that stop the goodness of God, and I'll talk about that later, coming to our lives because of our silly thinking. But it says here, the Lord is abundant in goodness. The word abundant, oh, here's another little Hebrew word for you. The Hebrew word rub, which means abundant in quantity, size, rank, and quality, and comes from Rahab, which means to increase and multiply by myriad. In other words, unending. To increase and multiply goodness on you where there is no end to that goodness. There's no end to the goodness God wants to give to you. There's no end to it. As long as you can tap into it, he'll keep giving it. You're the one that moves away from him. You're the one that thinks you don't deserve it and shuts off the door. But his goodness is good all the time. Just waiting, just waiting. Like your dad, you know, he's got all these gifts. He's in his lounge room. He's all set up with all the gifts. And he goes, anybody want any? And we go, oh, no, I don't deserve it. Oh, I don't think I'll come today. Oh, the kids have been ratty and I've been yelling at them. And, you know, my friend at school, oh, she's a rat bag and I don't like her. So, oh, I don't want to walk in forgiveness. Oh. And he's got these good gifts he wants to give out and we're the ones that go, no thanks. No thanks. But it doesn't change the fact that he's good. It doesn't change the fact that he's good. In other words, we're talking about this abundant, abundance of goodness. In other words, God's goodness cannot be measured by human standards. It is so perfect and composed of so many numerous and diverse elements or facets that it cannot be altered by outside forces. His goodness is eternal. I mean, his goodness to you is eternal forever. 
It's not just this life that his goodness is there and his abundance of goodness. It's forever. It's eternal. There's no measuring it. It doesn't change. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There is no shadows, no turning, no changing, no compromising God. He just, he just loves you. He just loves you. Jesus said in Matthew 19, 17, there is none good but one, and that is God. I just think of all these other religions that, you know, they're just all the stuff they do to try and appease their gods. Do you know that, do you know that Jesus, representing God, is the only God that never asked for a sacrifice. But he said, I will be the sacrifice for you. He's the only God. You can look at it. You can look at all the gods. All the gods require a sacrifice of some form. He's the only God that doesn't require a sacrifice. He said, I provided the sacrifice for God so loved the world. God so wanted to pour his goodness out on the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but would have eternal goodness and life. Amen? What Moses saw that day cannot be compared to anything else. It is the most beautiful part of God's nature, the essence of his very being. And unlike anything else in the universe, the most beautiful part of God's nature. More than miracles, more than signs and wonders, we need to know the goodness of God, for that's the reason for the miracles. That's the reason for the signs and wonders. That's the reason that he does what he does, because of his goodness. Amen? So we need to understand it. Let's understand God's goodness. And, and Pastor Phil said this before. Psalm 27, 13 says, I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. The Harrison translation says, I am confident that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in this present life. David had confidence in the goodness of God. David's such a great role model. It was, a, it was this foundation that he built his intimate relationship with God, the foundation of God's goodness. That's why God said of David, he's a man after my own heart. Because David got it. David got the goodness of God. And we talked about it this morning. You know, when he fought the, the lion and he fought the bear, he somehow just knew that God is so good, he's not going to let me down. Then when he faced Goliath, he just said, God is good, God is with me, let's go. Right. Who was this uncircumcised Philistine anyway? Come on. Compared to my God, who has always been good to me. And I know God's going to be good to me, so I'll step out. And God said he was a man after his own heart. He was a man that got it. What God showed to Moses when he said, 
you know, I want to see your glory, God. Oh, I want to see the signs and wonders. I want to see, I want to see, I want to see, I want to see. And God said, I'm going to let all my goodness pass by you. I want you to get my heart. I want you to seek my face before you seek my hand. I want you to know God, not just his ways, but who he is. I want to know you intimately. And David got this. David got this intimate relationship with God. (laughs) And he had confidence in the goodness of the Lord. He had confidence in it. You know, man, we, as men and, and women, we, we yearn to see the spectacular and the sensational things of God. We'll fly over when we see that, you know, cripple are walking, and that's awesome. Man, I long for that too. I love to see that. I do love to see it. But, oh, we have lived, Phil and I have lived through revival, come through the other end of revival, and I want to see revival again. But we lived in it. And we saw the most miraculous things you've ever seen. We saw the glory cloud come down physically. We saw gold dust being poured out on people. We saw oil dripping from people's hands. We saw all kinds of manner of manifestations. There was jewels falling from heaven in those days. There was feathers that used to fall down. And we say they were from the angels that were flying over. We, we saw all that. And do you know how many people are still in church today that walked through that with us? Because all they wanted was the signs. All they wanted was the glory cloud. But when the glory cloud passed, they didn't understand the goodness of God and they had nothing to attach them to the heart of God. They just saw the fluff and bubble. And I believe that God's teaching us about his goodness to give us the foundation of longevity to get us going to the end, no matter what happens, no matter what comes, no matter what happens in the world, in our lives, if we know the goodness of God, we will stand. Amen. Hallelujah. Yay. (laughs) So man yearns to see the sensational, the spectacular, hoping that it will build their faith and restore their confidence in God. Some, like Moses, desire to see the glory cloud. Others refuse to be satisfied unless they can witness the manifestation of angels or the demonstration of miracles. But David set his heart to see the best part of God's nature, the most beautiful part. David just wanted to see God's goodness displayed in his life. You know, they say in in Bethel right now, they say that... You know, they thought, they thought that if they could just get multitudes of people healed, it would, people would come. And they would get in the press, and they would, all these reports would go, you know, all they got was bad reports, and people stayed away because they thought they were a freak show or something. And one day God spoke to the pastor and said, yes, yeah, signs and wonders are amazing, and we need them. We need to heal sick bodies. We need to reach out to the lost. Jesus did the same thing. But he said, go feed, go feed the poor. Go into the streets where they are and sit with them. Go and show the goodness of God in the land of living. And they started to do that. And they made front page paper. And the church started to fill up. Because people... You think that all that fluff and bubble is going to turn them around? It's just a momentary thing. 
but they have an encounter with the goodness of God, it'll live with them forever. They'll never let it go. They'll never let that go. The goodness of God. Hallelujah. Miracles, signs and wonders, they're sporadic. They happen, they don't happen. And if all we have is based on that, but the goodness of God is faithfully always forever with us in every situation. We can count on it with everything that we have. Jeremiah 31, 14 says, My people shall be satisfied with my goodness. <laughs> to have a satisfying long-term relationship with God, we must understand his goodness. You must comprehend that God is good, God, and that he continually works through kind and generous acts of mercy to satisfy his children. You know, we need to get more thankful about the little things. Yeah. Just the little things. Oh, yeah. You know, oh my gosh, God. Sometimes, I know it's really, like this is really strange and it's just a woman thing, but I was thinking the other day, I really need a brown eyebrow pencil. Just thinking it, just thinking it, right? And then, and then Phil calls me down and says, said, look what I just found on Catch of the Day. Um, you want, you, do you need any of these? Brown eyebrow pencil. Came in the mail a couple of days later. My loving husband buys me a $9.95 brown eyebrow pencil because God was good to me. And I just, I just go, thank you, God. Like, I just thought that. I just thought that. And then within seconds, you played it out. You want an eyebrow pencil? You want an eyebrow pencil? Quick, I'll get you an eyebrow pencil. Okay, Phil, go to the computer, Phil. Phil, look at Catch of the Day. It's not hard. He looks at it every day. <laughs> He's a bit addicted, actually. But anyway, and then he'd say to that company, put a brown eyebrow pencil on today. You know, it's like, and he just moves everything around because why? Because because he loves me and he wants me to see his goodness in every tiny little aspect of my life. Because he's good. Amen? He satisfies his children. He says, my people will be satisfied with my goodness. And you get, you get full on that. It's like having a good meal. It's like, no matter what's going on in your life, you know God is good and you get satisfied. You know, Paul said, I've had little, I have much, but I've learned to be content with both because I know the goodness of God. So it doesn't matter if storms come, if waves come, if things happen, if I get bad news, bad report. My life isn't dependent on my outside world changing because my inner world stays within the goodness of God. And so someone says, blah, 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 and I go, yeah, blah, my God, my God is good, and he's going to get us through this, whatever it is, and we're going to come out stronger, and amen. I'm just leaving some of my preaching out, just because we haven't got time. In Isaiah 3, 5, there's a prophecy. And it says this, Hosea being a prophet, prophesies this. But afterward, the people will return 
and devote themselves to the Lord their God and to David's descendant, their king. In the last days, everybody say in the last days. They will tremble in awe of the Lord and of his goodness. That's the new living. I believe that there's coming a time, and I think we're in it. We really are in it. Where God is going to teach us about his goodness, and we're going to be drawn to the goodness of God. And when we understand the goodness of God in our own lives, that God is good no matter what, it's just like a light that's going to shine out of us. It's just going to be the most natural thing that people say, what is it about you? What is it about you? Like, you're just always so positive, so happy. You're, you know, no matter what you're going through, you seem to be able to handle it. Like my mom, you know? Like, they, 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 they would come to her and they, they would say, Jill, surely you need painkillers by now. You're in the very last stages of a very aggressive cancer. Surely by now. She said, oh, no, darling. Jesus promised me I wouldn't have any pain. Isn't he lovely? <laughs> you don't even want a Panadol? No. Do you need one? You got a headache? And then she'd say, and how's the family? And then she'd start ministering to the nurse. You know, the, this nurse is supposed to be, you know, your acute care nurse. And she goes, come on, tell me all about it. And the nurse is crying. And next minute she's got her head on the bed and she's patting her on the head. And, You're just like my mother, Jill. I know, darling. <laughs> that it wasn't about a healing, a miracle, a big sign. But it was about God displaying his goodness through this incredible, unconditional, long-suffering, beautiful, incredible love. And when I sat next to her bed, as she was dying, I put a sloppy hand on my head. I said, Mom, give me your mantle. I want to love like you love. I want to know God's goodness like you do. Give it to me, Mom. Put it on me. Bless me with it. And I'm starting to cry for people and love people the way she did and starting to come. I'm getting there. I might need a few more grey hairs before I'm as good as her. (laughs) But anyway, I'm getting there. But there's coming a time, I reckon, when people will start earnestly seeking to learn about the best part of God and his goodness. Amen? And they'll be transformed by its influence. Goodness releases mercy as well. Psalm 107 says, 107.1 says, Give thanks for the, to the Lord, for he is good, and his love endures forever. There's something about this psalm, this psalm 107. Do you know it's that? I think it's six times in that psalm mentions that God is good. Six times. Repeatedly, God is good, God is good, God is good, God is good, God is good. It says, for he is good and his love endures forever. And what, what the psalmist is trying to tell us, even though the struggles of life seem to calm, even sometimes they last long periods of time. Anybody been through struggles, long periods of time? You know, when we first birth pioneered this church, we were, we were only just in the early stages of pioneering. I was pregnant with Gemma. And they diagnosed me with a terminal illness. And I suffered with that illness for another 11 or so years before I 
got some release from it. But in that time, God was so good. Somehow I kept ministering. Somehow I was able to still be a mom. Somehow I was able to still do what I needed to do and get through life, even though every morning I didn't know how to get out of bed. But God sustained me in his goodness and gave me a smile on my face and gave me the strength for just one day at a time. 11 years of one day at a time is a long time. But God was good. And, and his love endures. It, it just endures. It just goes with you. Amen? You can never exhaust God's love. It is greater than the sin that plagues you. It is greater than the failures that ruin your life. God's mercy endures forever and ever. It is everlasting, perpetual, and always present. Every dealing that God has with mankind flows out of his goodness. Every dealing. Mercy is born out of a heart that's filled with goodness. The prophet Jeremiah wrote, It is the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. The basic English says, it is through the Lord's love that we have not come to destruction because his mercies have no limit. Tay's translation said, his compassion never ends. No matter how far you stray from God's truth, he is always ready to forgive you and receive you back into his grace. Even when the guilt and shame in your heart causes you to run and hide from his presence... You can never get away from the love of God. His compassion never ends. In fact, Lamentation says in 3.23, his mercies are new every morning. Every morning. Every morning you open your eyes, it's a new day. Every morning he's forgotten the day before and he's giving you a new start. That's why it was so good to see Carly come into the church I mean, she just, you know, she's been missing a couple of years. And I saw, you know, she's, ah, oh, she messaged me on Facebook, so I really need to come out. She said, just come. She said, oh, I feel bad. I feel guilty. I feel like everyone's going to look at me because I haven't been there for two years. And, you know, where have you been? And I said, you know, you're not, com- you're not coming to church for men. You're coming home to your dad, you know. And it was so beautiful, like, when I saw her there and I gave her the biggest hug and she said, I've come home, Pastor Julie, I've come home. (laughs) (laughs) No, the roof opened and the angels went, woo! They rejoiced, they rejoiced, they rejoiced. Every day, Every sin, every transgression, every human failure is cleansed and washed away by the mercies of God every day, every day, every day. His goodness is so, so good. We're called to walk in his goodness every day. You know, just to close, I've got more there, but it doesn't matter. I think you got it. <laughs> Did you get it? Yeah. 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 You know, we, we're celebrating at the moment because we're going to a, you know, we just had an amazing breakthrough financially in the church and 
you know, we've done it tough for a long time and, and Phil and I have done it tough for a long time financially as well, but we've just sown, sown, sown and my family has sown and when we planted the church, you know, like I said, you know, I was just pregnant with Gemma. She was six months old the first day we opened the doors up and the other three were like 10, was it 10, 9 and 7. And when we opened the doors of the church and, you know, it's been 17, 17 years in, in July and I just want my girls to stand up. Gemma's out in Kids Church. So I just want to say thank you to my children. And my sons and my sons, stand up, Andrew, my, my son-in-laws, and yes, Evan, stand up. I want, that's prophetic. I was just prophetically, come here, Evan, come here. Yeah. Come here, come here. Yeah. I just, if you don't know yet, and you haven't met this handsome man yet, yeah. He's proving to me that he can, you know, court my daughter right now. He's caught her, but he's got to prove it to me. And I'm telling you, he, this is a good man. I'm just so happy that he's moved here from Ballina to be with us as a church. He's an awesome preacher. He's a great man of God. And don't tell him, but I think he's going to be my son. <laughs> Almost won me over, Evan, almost. <laughs> and Andrew, stand up, my son-in-law, and Gus at home. You know, and you could ask my kids, my son-in-laws, even my grandkids, you could ask them right now, why, have you, why are you still in church? Why are you still here? You know, you must have seen so much stuff. They've seen stuff, they've lost friends, they've seen the wars of church, they've seen it all. But each one of them would say to you, because I have seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. <laughs> I've seen God, no matter what we went through as a family, I have seen God be good to us. I have seen God turn up when we had no food and put food on our front doorstep. Thank you, Ty McDonald. I've seen God come when we were believing for someone that something that no one knew about and turn up with something. I've seen God do amazing things. I've seen God heal my mom. I've seen God raise her up out of sickbed. I've seen God give her babies that she couldn't even have. I've seen God you know, sustain my dad and keep my dad. I've seen God keep my parents pure and sweet in the midst of a you know, very difficult job. But the goodness of God makes them sweet and keeps them loving and keeps them staying. And we're going to be here until we're... We're not going to be grey old nomads, by the way. No grey nomads. I am not retiring. I'm going to be like Smith Wigglesworth. Preaching, 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 drop dead. Bye. That's it. That's it. There's no retirement in the kingdom of God, for goodness sakes. Because I know the goodness of God will sustain me. I have been young, and now I'm getting old. I said getting. <laughs> and I have not seen the children of the righteous begging for bread. I know my God 
is good. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. The whole team come up. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand tonight. Woo! Glory. Glory. We love you, Lord. We love you. Come on, let's really shout. Woo! God is good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thought it was really fitting that also I said to the church, thank you for everyone that stood by us. I've said, I said it this morning. But actually this weekend in the life of C3 Tugra, after 17 years, especially the last five years since the GFC when we took out the loan for this building and this land and believe God for miracles, as of this weekend, we're out of deep stuff. We're back into the house. God is good. He's preserved us. God is good. He's preserved us. And I want to thank everyone who believed in Julie and myself, my family, our team, our board, our church, for all you precious people that joined us this year, last year, in the last five, ten years. I salute you and thank you for believing in Jesus and believing in the local church. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. And when Jesus said that, and we join with him, we're doing exactly what he said he would do. Build his church and change lives and save souls. We're going to do it, Ollie. We're going to do it, Jason. We're going to keep doing it. We're going to save souls en masse. This church is here for the long term. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3tugra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.